What's up, Sports is a Job podcast listeners? Welcome to another episode. It is your host, Kobe Castillo. And before we get to the episode, I have to plug all of the other podcasts, part of the Sports is Job podcast network. If you haven't already, all you got to do is visit sportsisjob.com to see all of our other podcasts and our articles that are all focused on on helping you navigate the sports industry. And if you're following us on social media, you've probably already seen this, but the Small Town Girls podcast has joined the Sports is Job podcast network. And they do an incredible job of interviewing women in the sports industry, highlighting their journey, and of course, taking the lessons they learned and sharing it with all of you. Now for today's episode, it's a special one. As I've done in the past, I've shared the experiences of other people in the sports industry and the lessons they learned, their experiences, and gave it to all of you. So today, I'm going to be sharing my experience. Um, I got the amazing opportunity of actually participating in the NCAA Emerging Leaders Seminar this past week. And basically what this three-day virtual event, this event's actually supposed to be in person, but obviously with the COVID situation, we have to adjust, we have to adapt, and the NCAA office did an amazing job of doing that. And of course, shout out to the NCAA Leadership Development Office for putting on this event. But I got the amazing opportunity of participating in the Virtual Emerging Leaders Seminar. And basically what this was... It was 300 grad assistants and interns from NCAA member institutions that participated in this educational programming to really help advance our career in college athletics. And a lot of this advice, honestly, no matter what industry you're in, it was super, super helpful. And I want to share the lessons I learned, share this experience and share the big major takeaways that you can take and apply to yourself. But before we get to the lessons, I I want to emphasize, and this is something that all of the guests, the guest speakers and and the people that helped us through this development programming um, really honed on in. And I want to make sure you understand this, whoever you are listening, that we create our own path. That there is no set path in the sports industry. And, And if you've been listening to this podcast, I probably sound like a broken record saying that. But I want to want to emphasize that and I will continue to emphasize that there is no set path in this industry, no set path to where you want to go. And that is a beautiful thing that we all have the ability to create our own path. And the one thing I can relate to is that lack of confidence, that feeling of when you see other people able to participate in certain programming or awarded certain um, resources or doing certain things that you weren't given the opportunity to do or you didn't get to participate. And I remember, you know, the feelings I would feel before was this sense of insecurity. I would ask myself, what am I doing wrong? What didn't I do that I wasn't able to participate in the seminar, that I wasn't given the opportunity to do that? But as I just said, there is no set path. And it's amazing that I got to participate with 300 other individuals in this programming. But just because you weren't able to get that opportunity doesn't mean that you're behind. All it means is that the story that you're writing is going to look different than mine's. 
It's going to look different than the other 300 other people. It doesn't mean that you're behind. It doesn't mean that we're ahead. It just simply means your path will be different than ours. So don't feel that you're behind us. Don't feel that you missed out on anything. Because you can still get to where you want to go. But I do want to share the experience that I had and the major takeaways. So this was a three-day event. It was on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we were joined by some amazing, amazing speakers and people with 40 plus years of of experience. I mean, they've been working in this industry longer than I've been alive and they've been able to share kind of their experiences. And we touched on different, you know, different topics um, on day one, day two and day three. And I'm going to go over and I got my notes. I'm looking at the notes that I took and I literally have like over 10 page of notes. But I just want to kind of share the the main key points from the different days. And and day one, you know, the topic for day one was know thyself. Trying to figure out who we were personally and professionally because it is very important. And this day, I tell you what, it made me look in the mirror at the end of the day, look myself in the eye and have a heart-to-heart conversation and really dig deep into who I am and what I care about, why I'm choosing to do what I do. And it's important. And the one big thing that really stood out, and there was this this diagram of this, this triangle chart with the bottom being the foundation and the second one being the second row. And there was a third row divided into three sections, a triangle. And the bottom part of this, the biggest part was understanding yourself. This is the foundation of everything. Understanding yourself. The next most important thing, which is the second largest part of the triangle, is understanding others. And the last part of the triangle, which you tie in it all together, is building more effective relationships. So what does that mean? Basically, it means to understand yourself and to understand others will help you build more effective relationships. And that's why it's so important to know thyself. And we were awarded this the, 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 the great opportunity of taking the DISC assessment. And if you haven't heard of it, it basically gives you an idea of who you are, your personality traits, how you react, how you, how, you know, how you react in, in certain situations, your communication style, your tendencies, how you act under stress. And if you have never taken the DISC assessment, you can actually visit their website, DISC assessment website, and you can actually take it. It does cost some money. Maybe the school that you work at or, or the organization you work at would be willing to pay for it. Um, but it is a very valuable resource. It, it brought up things I didn't really know about myself. You know, it was it was a hard reality I had to face. But this first day, I really learned about who I am. And that is important, you know, because, again, you know, communication in the workforce is important. And if you don't understand who you are and how you communicate best or or how you you tend to act under certain certain situations, you can never figure out how to communicate to others or how to act towards others. So it's important you understand that. And the, the another quote that I really got from that is that you know, emotional intelligence. We talked about emotional intelligence, which basically means, you know, the ability to accurately recognize your own feelings and know how to deal with it. Do you know when you're stressed out? Do you know when you're angry? Do you know when you get happy? Do you know how you react when you feel these certain emotions? 
Do you know how to calm yourself down when you're feeling stressed out? Do you know how to react when you find somebody else who's stressed out? See, these things all tie together. So if you can, take that disc assessment or have that heart-to-heart conversation with yourself and and really analyze. You know, it, it could be as simple as taking notes throughout the day. At the end of the day, describe how you felt during the day. Why were you feeling that way? What was the trigger that made you feel angry or stressed or happy? And the more you do this, you know, more you do this daily, you'll start to see kind of the trends. You kind of see and start to see, you know, what these triggers are. What's the common theme um, when you feel happy or when you feel stressed out and you can eliminate it. So you, f- you feel less stressed or you can add more of, of whatever it is that makes you happy. So you have better days. And again, like I said, this all ties in together. When you know yourself better, you'll be able to understand other people better. And then you'll be able to build more effective relationships in the workforce, in your personal life, and everything you do. And there was also another quote that that you know that really got to me is and it's more more so a concept, which is called inside out leadership. To lead others, we must master ourselves. And that really hit home with me because, you know, as a young sport professional, I'm in charge of other people. And I have this expectation to hold other people to expectations. I have expectations to lead others, to, to you know, lead them in a certain direction and, and promote certain values. But how can I do that if I don't even know how to lead myself, if I don't know how I work best, if I don't know how to be disciplined myself? And I think it's important that, that this first day of know thyself really made me face the reality that I really don't know who I am. And I think it was a great wake up call. And hopefully by me sharing this, maybe it's a wake up call to you to try to dig deeper to yourself, to understand who you are personally and professionally. And then we got day two, which was the real. And this, when I say the real this was exactly what it was. I mean, they kept it real with us. We talked about things such as having crucial conversations. And there was this equation in there. It was high stakes plus opposing opinions plus strong emotions equal when we were usually at our worst. And now in the sports industry or any workforce, you're going to have to have crucial conversations. You're going to have to confront people. You're going to have to have hard conversations when a coworker or somebody that's that's working for you, uh, an intern or student worker or, or whoever you're in charge of, when you have to hold them to a certain standard or when a, a supervisor that's above you has to have that conversation with you and you have to understand how to react. And it's important to understand how to communicate. You know, like the first day, it was talking about understanding yourself, how you communicate best, understanding others in your workforce, in your life. How do they communicate best? How do they react to certain things? And these crucial conversations, they're going to be necessary. They're going to be happen. So it's important to understand how to have these crucial conversations. And one of the things that they really brought up was about how in this day and age, it's, it's simple to send a text, right? It's easy to send a text. It's easy to send an email. But it's harder to actually talk to people face to face. And I'm guilty of that situation for sure. Like I, I I think about it. A lot of the times you look at my emails, I, a lot of times I just email people or I'll text people. 
instead of doing the hard thing of, of calling them or or talking to them in person. And and I'll openly admit, I'm not a person that likes confrontation. I'm not a person that likes to call people out or or tell people that they don't tell people certain things they want to hear. And this is something that I have to get better at. And and this day two of keeping it real, oh, trust me. I, I again I had to face some hard hard truths that I need to practice and, and learn how to be better in these certain things. And there was a certain quote that um, that we were talking about these crucial conversations, like I was talking about these emails and texting, that there are not enough emojis in the world to ensure that your emails and texts are heard in the way you intend. And I guarantee all of you can relate to this. I can relate to it. A certain text comes off a certain way when... An employee or a coworker of mine thought I was trying to be hostile when I see them the, the day after I sent a text about doing certain things, asking them to do certain things. You can tell there's a, a certain type of tension and I figure out, oh, they thought I was being super bossy when really reality, all I was just asking simply asking them nicely. But it's hard to convey that certain emotion. You can't really tell. And I can't tell either. When certain people text me certain things, I'm like. Was this person being sarcastic? Was this person being real? Like, are, are they being serious? And I've definitely run into that confusion too. So now I'm, I'm going to stop, you know, do a better job of, of having crucial conversations. Of course, there's certain things you just have to text, certain things you can text. But having the hard conversations where it does require face-to-face and you you know that there's going to be confusion if you send this message through email or text to just have this conversation in purpose person or call this person up it's hard to do i i I can't be the one to to say i do it myself i'm definitely going to be practicing and making sure i do more of this but again it's important you know it's important uh to have these crucial conversations and understand how to communicate best now there was another thing they talked about which was kind of the bigger the bigger picture of working in sports and specifically college athletics because this was an NCAA leadership development how we have to remember why we're doing what we do who are we doing it for at the end of the day the industry we work in is a service industry the sports industry is all about serving other people providing a service to other people. And at times, as young sport professionals, as ambitious as we we all are, sometimes we tend to forget that. Sometimes we tend to forget that it's not about us. It's not about our coworkers. It's about the team. It's about the student athletes. It's about the fans. It's about the players. We're a team all trying to work towards a common goal and at times you know when we're communicating sometimes you know we come off as competitive we're we're not necessarily trying to compromise or work towards a goal but we're trying to win the conversation maybe you do that maybe you know somebody that does that where they're not trying to listen You're not trying to work together. You're simply trying to get one up. 
You're simply trying to be the person that's right. You're simply one that's trying to dominate the conversation. When in reality, you're having this conversation at work. You're talking about certain things, certain ideas, all with the common goal of just helping the student athlete, helping be better at whatever it is, whatever area you work in the sports industry or or trying to complete a certain project or certain work task. So it's important to understand, again, why you do what you do. And these crucial conversations, as I mentioned, of it's, it's hard, right? Of hard of confronting people when they do wrong. But that's what you have to do. And there was this another quote which really hit home with me. The standard you walk past is the standard you accept. We have to stop letting things get by. We have to stop letting people do the wrong things. We have to speak up. I have to speak up. I have to be better at holding expectations and not not going away from that. Of when I see someone doing wrong or someone saying something wrong, I need to call them out on it. Because again, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. As much as I don't like confrontation, that confrontation is going to be necessary. And after day two, I understand how important that is. How crucial that is to the team. It doesn't just affect me, it affects everybody. Everybody in that organization, everybody in my athletic department. The student-athletes, the fans, the university. So again, I'm going to say it one more time. The standard you walk past is the standard you accept. So let's all be better. I'm trying to be better. Let's all be better at just making sure people are being, are doing the right thing, being good humans. Make sure we don't stand when we see somebody getting harassed in the workforce or calling people out when you say, hey, maybe that wasn't the most appropriate thing to do. Maybe that person is going to take what you just said in a different way. Maybe you should go and explain to that person what you actually meant. Because at the end of the day, we're all trying to work towards a common goal, which is making the sports industry better, making giving the, the student athletes the best experience, giving the fans the best experience, making our organization the best. We're a team working towards a common goal. It's not you. It's not I. It's us. Now, day three was all about ready versus prepared. Now, this is where, you know, this was was actually a a big one. This is was talking about navigating the job search and um, managing up, down, and across. And then and the last one that's very important these days, self-care. Self-care that leads to sustainability. And again, I got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of notes for this day. And, you know, one of the most confusing things is, is navigating the sports industry, especially right now. When the job market There's not that many jobs out there and there's a lot of competition out there. And for me, 
this was very important because I, I, I definitely uh, currently right now, I, I am looking at other opportunities within college athletics, within the event management space. And I'm definitely getting my rejection letters. And I'm sure all of us have gotten our good amount of rejection emails saying, sorry, but we, you know, we think we think we're thankful for you to considering at working at blah, blah, blah university. But we decided to go with a candidate with with certain, you know, skills and, and experience that fits better with what we're looking for. We've all gotten that email. I've gotten that email. I probably have like a 100 of them in my my email inbox. But I think one of the things that that really hit home again with me in day three is we talked about how you have to remember where your two feet stand. That wherever you are, whatever job you're in, whatever you're doing right now, the organization you work for, athletic department you work for, remember where that is. Remember the job that you have and do a good job. Because, of course, yes, you can get a job by applying to other jobs and and networking. But where you stand right now is also a reflection of who you are. And also gives you an opportunity to get another job, another way to get another job. Because you want to do the best you can at what you do and and you can get noticed for that. And that was something that a lot of the, the guest speakers that joined us on day three talked about is how, you know, some of them they got jobs because they were getting recognized for the great work that they were doing in their current job before they got the new job. And the last thing you want is is a job that you're applying for or trying to work at. They call your former supervisor and your former supervisor talks about how it seemed like you weren't 100% there, where it didn't seem like you were committed, where it seems like you were distracted. That's the last thing you want. So it's important to understand where your feet lay. And make sure you do a good job. And another quote that really stood out to me was, flexible people don't get bent out of shape. If that's if there's one thing that 2020 taught us is that we have to be flexible. Flexible with how we work. We went from working in the office to going home. Event management where, you know, the first semester of last year, I was every weekend I would have a game. Now I was working at home. Now I was doing more paperwork than usual. Now I was doing more planning than actually taking action. I had to remain flexible. And this also applies to your job search. Remain flexible in your job search. Remain being open to to go different places around the country. Remain open to maybe trying a different position. Remain open to maybe taking a little pay cut if necessary. There's a lot of things that we have to remain flexible. And and that's that's an important thing to remember. Now, going more into to navigating the job search. There's a lot of things that you can do to make yourself stand out before the search, during the search and after it all. You know, before the search. Network, network, network. This was the something that they told us all three days was networking is important. You can conduct in informational interviews where you're learning about an individual in a position that you you dream to be in. You can learn about what they actually do. Maybe you'll learn that this is exactly what I want. Or maybe you'll learn that I want to try a different area. Ask them how they got to where they are. You'll start to get the lessons. Just the same way I interview people on this podcast 
and get the lessons from them, you can do it yourself and, and email people and ask them to jump on a conversation, jump on a Zoom call, learn about what they do. Another thing to do is subscribe to different newsletters. Front office sports, hashtag sports, ADU. There's a bunch of different you know newsletters out there that can keep you informed about what's going on in the sports industry. Keep up with the trends. Research. Research different organizations, different college athletic departments. During the search, do what's best for you. Like I said, remain flexible, but also understand where your priorities are. You know, understand what are certain things that you're looking for. You know, certain values of an organization. Maybe there is specific areas. Maybe you absolutely don't want to work in Texas. Nothing about Texas. I'm not I'm not choosing Texas for any reason. But maybe you don't, don't want to work for Texas. But if that's where you draw the line, then that's where you draw the line. Create a spreadsheet. Keep track of all the jobs that you apply for. Because like I was saying, you're probably applying to 20, 30, 40, 100, hundreds of jobs just like I am. And you want to be prepared. You don't want to get a random email or random call and not understand who you applied for. But also just keep track. It's good to keep track. Keep track when you get a response so you're not constantly waiting or keep track of where you are in the process. And after it all, still do your research. If you got an interview, if you got the job offer, if you're going to do an interview, do the research. Find out what their mission statement is. Find out what the values are. Learn about the university. Learn about the the department, the staff. Learn about the city. Do your research. Because at the end of the day, you do want to work at a place where they line up with your values. You don't want to get there and be like, wow, this is not what I imagined it to be. Well, you don't have to imagine. You can do your research, get familiar with the place, even do information and interviews about the people, about the place. Interview people that work there, that have worked there. Learn about the culture, the environment. Get super familiar. That way you're able to make a great decision at the end of the day. The next one was about managing up, managing cross, and managing down. That's something that I really had to do. That's something I do today, you know, working with our AD, working with my student workers, working with coworkers that in terms of, of title were the same. And there was four tips that we got. Listen to understand, not to respond. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, are you actually listening or are you trying to dominate and win the conversation? So listen to understand and not to respond. Actually listen to what they're saying. Don't respond right away. Let them talk. Hear what they're saying. Tip number two. Strong peer-to-peer relationship can very be very rewarding. Ask them how they're doing. Learn about their personal life. It's just going to be a better better workplace. You'll be happy to go to work because you understand you all care about each other. The stronger the relationship, the stronger the culture, the more people that get along, probably will be mean that the more work that gets done. Three, seek compromise. Again, it's not you. It's not them. 
It's not you versus them. You versus the world. It's us. Whoever you work for, the organization, the athletic department, your team. And number four, the golden rule versus the platinum rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. And treat others as they want to be treated. It's just at the end of the day, be a kind human being. No matter if you're managing up, no matter if you're working with the AD, managing across, managing down, just be a good human being to everybody. And lastly, we talked about self-care. It's a marathon, people. And in 2020, I was definitely more in my head. And you understand working in the sports industry or navigating the industry or trying to get into the industry. It's a stressful one. And self-care is about recognizing the emotions that you feel. And doing something about it. Doing what makes you happy. Doing what, what gets you away from the stress. For me, it's a two-hour workout every day. Put my earphones in my ear. I grab some weights. Lift some weights. Don't think about work. Don't think about anything else. I literally get into this zone where I just decompress. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's going to the movie theater. Whatever it is your self-care routine is, whatever you consider your self-care, everyone's self-care is probably going to be different. It doesn't have to be the same. Whatever helps you de-stress, decompress, whatever makes you happy, figure out what, what that is and do more of that. Because I know you're going to have a long career in this industry and you don't want to be burnt out and you don't want to hate what you love to do. So it's important to have a self-care routine. It's important to take care of yourself. It's important to fill your cup. I know that you're constantly trying to fill everybody else's cup. But you can't fill everybody's cup if yours is empty. If your own gas tank is empty. Fill it up. Just like your car, you got to refill. You're getting close to empty? Refill it. Fill it up. I hope you're able to take some stuff, but this was a, a valuable experience. I know there was a lot to, to kind of break down with all of you, and I hope you got something out of this. But it was an amazing experience. It, for me, it was a wake-up call that I'm grateful for the things I've already learned, but also understand there's a lot more to learn as well. You know, leadership, it's its a skill. It's something that we all can learn. It's a skill set that takes time to learn. You know, leadership is a journey. It's a journey, not a destination. We're going to be constantly working on it. And I have to constantly be working on it on myself. And I think this three days, you know, I really want to put it to work. You know, I, I have these notes and I want to put it to work. Success rewards action. You get all these lessons. I get all these lessons. I take all these notes. We hear all this advice from people. But the next step is to actually apply it to our own career, our own life. So I challenge you to do that. As always, I appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. 
I just want us all to be successful in our own sports industry careers. And like I mentioned, you can visit sportsjob.com for all of our content, for all of the other podcasts in the podcast network. And feel free to please comment on, on Twitter or Instagram or DM me or whatever and tell me what your favorite episode is or tell me what your biggest takeaway from, from this episode is and, and what you're planning to, to implement over the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. I would love to hear about it. And until next time, like I always say, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.